What is up, Jasketballers? We are back again with Twitter and now YouTube Live. Uh, I obviously need to upgrade my camera or do something to make this setup look better because it looks awful. Um, the, the story of the night was the refs. And usually you don't complain about the refs after you win a game. But, I mean, there was a, a time, like, Twitter was just blowing up about the refs, complaining about the refs because it felt like not just every possession there was a call. It felt like there were three calls every possession. It got pretty ridiculous. And as I'm watching, I'm thinking, like, why do we keep reaching? Why do we keep grabbing? You know, why not just play straight up? And it really showed tonight how undisciplined our guys are. Um, one, I think that that attributes to how young they are, but also I, I still think they're tired. I don't think they've fully recovered. Those three, those first three games were just, they played so hard and so well that, yeah, I'm sure their bodies are exhausted. But in this game, let's see how many fouls there were. Oh, my gosh. Houston actually had more fouls than us. They had 30. We had 28. We were both in the bonus with about five minutes to go in the fourth quarter. You could hear the crowd. Even when it was a, an actual foul, the crowd was still just, like, getting upset. And I, I can't blame them. Even Holly Rowe commented, this is not fun to watch. <laughs> and it felt like those guys were just rookie refs or – Maybe they wanted to be on TV, but I don't know. It, it was really weird, hard game to watch. With that many calls, it's hard to break down any player and just be super critical because nobody could get in the flow. There was no flow to that game. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to open it up to you guys. I've got Colin here and Dallin, uh, if you guys want to speak. Go ahead and request. I found a new thing on here, a soundboard, which I've been wanting. I wish you could customize this thing, but uh, let's try the, the thumbs up. Wow, that was lame. Let's try the swoosh. Maybe it sounds like a fart. It does. There's my new favorite one. Money flying away. So I'll have some fun with this soundboard. Also, if you guys are listening, you don't want to comment or... Well, I don't know if you have to be a host to actually do the soundboard. Can you guys do the soundboard? Can one of you try? It's like that little magic wand at the bottom. This is how boring the game was. I'm talking about the soundboard. <laughs> oh, Kevin's requesting to speak. Here we go, Kevin. Take it away, buddy. I don't see a magic wand. Oh, no, there it is. It's right by the, like, people. I want to see what it does if you guys press one of those. Oh, shoot. Sounds like crap, though, so don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. I'm about to mute you. Try the soundboard. Yeah, baby. So, 
I'd like if you guys use a soundboard while I'm talking. You can either boo me or honk or whatever. You know, we can test this out. These little ding. Um, the blo <laughs> Everyone that's listening to the podcast is now tuned out. <laughs> uh, is there a rocket one? Nope. There's oh explosion. The rockets. drum roll okay let's get into the game uh obviously it wasn't that exciting um i was hoping for a more exciting game i kind of was hoping for a blowout they they got a 20 point lead and then just kind of relaxed and it let it dwindle away and that's where the discipline that i'm talking about shows it's like th these guys are young and undisciplined even um, when, when you get a lead like that, we're just coming down and just chucking threes up. It's like that's our thing. When we get a little bit of a lead, we're just too tired to continue to do the good things that got us the lead. Uh, we stop back cutting, we stop helping on defense, and we just get really lazy with our passes. So, um, Colin, I, you are requesting, and I'm going to let you speak because... I don't think you've ever spoke before, so take it away, bud. Oh, now take it away. Hello? Yeah, you're yeah. live. Oh, I just wanted to say that you need to be a speaker to have access to the soundboard, so none of us listeners get that. Mm. Um, yeah. Also, I just wanted to say the refs, man, the NBA needs to do something about it. Even towards the end of last year, it was getting so annoying. Like, you... Every five seconds, it's just free throws. It's just like not even playing. They're not even playing the game. It's just a free throw contest at that point. It's just, it's so frustrating, especially when you're in the bonus six minutes with to go with the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like, that's just so frustrating. Also, I want to give props to Will Hardy um, for actually last game and this game, giving players, other players a shot whenever our players can't hit shots. That is something we would have never seen Quinn Snyder do last year because he refused to do anything remotely changing up the lineup. Even when our players went 0 of 15, he wouldn't change anything because I guess he just believed in the law of averages. It got so frustrating. I love that this guy is actually willing to do something when our players aren't making shots. So, 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 time for me. so even when uh, Jordan Clarkson hasn't made a shot in four games, he still continues to throw him in there? Quinn would never do that. Just kidding. <laughs> so yeah, that's all I wanted to say. Though. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the comment. Uh, I think you're right. <laughs> Will Hardiness's willingness to sh basically change the lineup and change the game plan, I think, is evident and nice to see. Um, one thought I kept having is Ochai and. I just was really excited about this guy. Like, what what is going on? And so as I pondered what could possibly be going on with all of the things that we're, we've been talking about as far as trying to trade Rudy Gay, trying to trade Mike Conley, this is totally a theory. And it could be a terrible one. But what if there's... <laughs> It sounds stupid saying it out loud now. <laughs> what if they're so high on Ochai, like they kind of want to keep him a secret 
so that if a trade comes up with Mike Conley and possibly Rudy Gay and maybe even Malik Beasley, that they don't try and include him in the trade. Is that stupid? Yeah. Okay. Hey, so here's my thought. And you've said this already, too. What if he's Jared Butler? What yeah. If he's another, what if he's another um, three-year uh, college vet who won the Wooden Award or whatever award you win and just fizzles out in the NBA? Yeah, uh, it it definitely could be that end. Yeah, I I think it's both ways. Uh, I mean, I I think I want him to be good so badly that I'm trying to make a reason for him to not be playing. But it makes sense. Like (laughs) the Jazz are are notorious for getting guys like that. Trey Burke, now Jared Butler, and then possibly Ochai. Uh, Yeah, I don't think you're off with that that uh I hope take I it am, all though. i i do too i do too because i would ah man he just he's got more length and he plays off of the ball like if you go watch his college highlights he doesn't need the ball like trey burke and um butler needed it he he has glimpses or reminiscences of Clay Thompson, where he can move without the ball and then catch and shoot. He's a really good, just like off the ball, catch and shoot type guy. So maybe his defense is just so terrible that he's not playing, but I don't know. what. It, and then Balmero and Nikhil Alexander-Walker not playing tonight either. It just could be, you know, every team has the bottom three guys that just don't get into the rotation. And they just might be those guys, you know. It just, uh, you know, that was um, what's his name for us last year, who I really liked that they let go. Um, uh, Trent Forrest. Yeah, I like Trent Forrest. We could I use like him Trent. right now. Yeah, that was the other point I wanted to make. Like, you know, what's blatantly clear to me after this game: if we trade Mike Conley, we will have the number one pick in the draft, or at least the worst. Uh, uh, yeah, because we... there ain't a single player on this team. Who can run the offense? Yeah, it's. I, I still want to see Sexton get a chance. He got hurt tonight. Hopefully, he's not out for three weeks. Uh, it's uh, like a hip contusion or something like that. I didn't see what happened, but um, the other thought that I have too, as you're mentioning, like these college players getting these awards and then not being able to make it in the NBA, like is college basketball just dying? Because the last uh, Jalen Green. He was what was he the first or what what draft pick was Jalen Green? Do you guys remember? He was top five for sure. Yeah. Jalen Green, I think, was like three or four. Okay, so he's a great player that came from the G League. Then you've got Scoot Henderson, that's supposed to be the second best player come out coming out of the G League. And then Wemby's playing international ball, like. I think that it's uh, the trend is catching up where players are just kind of skipping college and going to play for teams where they can actually make a little bit of money and then go into the NBA uh, until the NBA changes the rule back where you can draft a player at 18. I just think, well, college basketball kind of seems like it's fizzling out. Um, obviously March madness, I think will always keep it alive and that unknown of that tournament, in my mind, is one of the best 
if not the best tournaments in the world for uh, sports. But the as far as NBA talent coming from college, like is it becoming a dying thing? I think so. What a, what what a, so what does the NBA do to change that or or do you just not draft from the from college players anymore? Just don't I, I don't know what they can do or why they would even I don't I don't think they want to do anything. They can, yeah, I don't they want a piece of the the money pie with these G leagues. Like, yeah, I think they're perfectly content continuing to do what they're doing now. Like, they almost want a second league that they can just develop their people through. So, if you think about it, Ochai was a four year player. So, I'm not sure on his age, but he's got to be older than Horton Tucker, Kessler. Uh, who's the other young guy on here? Not Vanderbilt. So, yeah, he's he's got to be older than Kessler and Horton Tucker. So maybe that's the strategy, too, is he's just so much older. Like, why try and develop a guy that that's 24, 25 if he is that old? I don't, I don't know. It's tough. I, I, I'm not ready to, to, to write him off yet. So there's been other talks around the NBA because teams are tanking that – the NBA moves to like a relegation systems where if you're the top 10 in the G league, you move up or the, the bottom 10 in the NBA, then you move down. Uh, I don't think it'll ever happen, but do you think that that would be entertaining to watch or make no. the, make the Personally league no. more intriguing? Not in the least bit. Nope. <laughs> okay. So the next thing that they're talking about is the bottom 10 teams have the same amount of lottery balls i think okay personally i think not 10 teams but i think if you did like seven teams or or six teams all have the same shot at the number one pick i think that could work but i don't i don't think 10 teams i don't think that 10th worst team should have the same odds as the very worst team personally i think that instead of doing something like that they need to incentivize teams to play well so if you make, I don't know, if you make it into the playoffs, you get a, a salary cap relief. Like, like incentivize people yeah. to spend money and be good instead of decentivizing people to play bad. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great because then the Lakers, they could uh, lose all their salary cap. Not like they would care, though. I mean, it's tough because you don't want it would have to be some sort of system that was controlled because you don't want the same eight teams making the playoffs every year and, and just building their roster through free agency because they have extra money. Like it would have to be some sort of a cap, but like, you know, I, I just think there needs to be some sort of incentive to play well. Like, cause right now you have an incentive to be bad because yeah. you can get a generational player or you can get a really good player. But what if making the playoffs gave you bargaining power for a free agent? Like, you were able to give them an extra year on their contract, or, you know, you were able to match a deal with a, with a, a different perspective. So, like, like, what is the incentive? So, like, by making the playoffs, I have a better chance of signing Kevin Durant, or I have a better chance of signing, you know, 
a strong free agent. Like, yeah, and small market teams would be incentivized to because right now, if you're a small market, you you grow through the draft. Like, there's no other way to to grow. Yeah, and Adam Silver's talked about the the in season tournament. I mean, is that a way to implement this stuff that you're talking about, Kevin? I mean, it, it could be. Um, I'll be honest. I'm literally just speaking off the top of my head right now. This is just an idea that came to me. I haven't really put much thought to it, but it's just, I don't know. I mean, I read a lot of management books, yeah, and a lot of stuff like that. And everything I've read talks about how when you want something to work, it's better to incentivize than it is to decentivize. Sure. And, and, you know, I was watching a couple YouTube videos where they talked about like, there's, there's so much incentive to tank this year. Like you're going to have 14 to 16 teams tanking, like, like Victor and Scooter that good. Plus the other three through eight are as good or better than last year's draft. So like, you can get the eighth overall pick and get a player who's better than Chet Holmgren. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's just, there's so much incentive to tank. What would it be like if, if you had, you know, if you had an ability, I don't know, help me out here guys. Like, yeah, no, I, I totally agree with, with the, the salary cap or, being able to somehow get rights to a free agent more. I, I don't know that I think they're going to do something in the future just because it, it doesn't make sense to incentivize teams to lose. It's, it's kind of ruining the league in my opinion. Um, but then you, you have the purists where it's like, yeah, you know, but what about these past years, the 82 games? And then if you change, like even, even just with the play in game, it, it, totally changes the dynamic because it, it's now uh instead of the eight seed having to play seven games with a number one seed they, they play one game and then they're in yeah it's the same thing that they do in baseball it's why they did away with the playing game in baseball because all the guys were complaining like hey i'm losing my number one starter to just make the playoffs yeah. And so I already come into the next series at a disadvantage. Yeah. And it's why they did away with it this year. Wait, are you guys saying are you arguing for or against the plan? I, I mean I I, I think I it's like it. I, I think they do away with it. Yeah, I think it's entertaining for fans, but it's also just kind of like another way for the NBA to make more money when they already well, have money. That's kind of funny because it's my opinion that the plan actually helps with tanking, it gives two more teams with an outside shot, a reason to actually try and make the playoffs. I think it the yeah. first step towards avoiding more tanking than there already was. Then just make so, it uh, just make it like a if it, every single team at the end of the the season uh, just plays like the March Madness plays one game and you move on, and then that avoids tanking altogether. My thought process is though, crazy, like though. <laughs> that'd be crazy. I, I feel like we could keep the play-in for the next 25 years and you're never going to get one of those guys to win a championship. No, yeah, there's no talking way. About, talking about one-off games, did the NBA ever need to move away from five-game series? I don't... Personally, I, I don't... Money-wise. Yeah, they just want more money if there's more games. 
Same reason the NFL added an extra game to the season. I mean, it's, yeah, it's just it's the same reason the Jazz change their jersey every year is so they can sell more jerseys. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I think the, the my my issue with the I I enjoy more NBA. Like I like more NBA, so seven games is fun to me. Yeah, me but too. My argument for a five game series would be we'd see more upsets. We never see it. We rarely ever see upsets in the NBA now. It's always just usually. I feel like either it's evenly matched up and a team skips it out, or you never see like a complete underdog win. You never, you rarely see an eighth seed beat a one seed. Yeah, and so never happens. I just think I think the real answer is everyone has a cap and you can't go over it. It doesn't matter if you're willing to spend more money. You just cap it, and everyone has the same amount of money to spend on players. That's what I think. They'll never approve that. I know they won't, but that's what the answer is. The luxury is how these small market teams stay relevant. Like the Lakers and Brooklyn and all these teams playing the luxury are paying the luxury tax are paying for these small market teams to have teams. Yeah, but there's so much money in the NBA. It, I, I think it's I think it's working backwards. It's like, yeah, you're paying the luxury tax to pay these other teams, but... I just don't think it's working. That that's why we've seen like uh Colin was saying such lopsided and every like almost every year you just know who's going to win. I would love to see him go to a 1 through 16 seating and stop doing west east seating. Yeah, that would just do a one Yes, I would love seating. that. I would love I that. would love it too. I think that would be hard. They as far as playoffs, you know, like let's say Boston and LA had to fly back and forth. I mean, I guess you could say that's a disadvantage, but if you, you know, I guess if your seed matches up with that, it's just that's how how the cookie crumbles. I mean, so reduce the so reduce the season to seventy eight games. Yeah, yeah. And space out the playoffs. Yeah, let's call Adam Silver right now. The, the NBA also gives you. For half those games, they'll give you two days in between anyways. I don't think it'd be that big of a deal. In the MLB, they have back-to-backs in the playoffs in two different cities. across. Yeah, but baseball's such a different sport. Most of the time, those guys are sitting on their ass. That is true, but I'm still saying (laughs) it. You say that, but you work a lot harder than you think you have to. No, I know, but I'm saying baseball, like, you can't compare baseball and running up and down the court. I'm comparing the travel aspect of it. Like, they do it... they don't, they doesn't, they doesn't, I don't know. I just, to me, it's not that big of a deal, especially if you still give them one day in between. Like the NBA will have two, like randomly, they'll have two days in between in a game that's in the same city. It's like, what are you doing? I don't, I don't really know. And just, in the playoffs, it's all about money. So it's whatever they want to do, drag it out as long as they can. I mean, well, the playoffs are so long, anyways. And if you get smarter with the scheduling of the daytime versus the evening time games, like there's ways to work in rest, like if you really wanted it to. But you know, it's it's that decision's made by who's going to bring the biggest pull um, of money. You know what I love right now is that this game was so boring. We're not talking anything about the game. We're talking about how to make the NBA better. <laughs> I don't think we learned anything from the game. Yeah, it, only, it, only, only so I kind of disagree. I think we didn't learn anything, but I think the NBA learned. To swallow the whistle? No, that if you guard the Jazz in the lane, they struggle. 
Like, like if you get athletic and you guard him in the lane, like if if Houston could shoot the ball worth a shit, like we would have <laughs> lost that game. Like, yeah, that their their shot select. I mean, ours was bad, but theirs was twenty times worse on their they shot selection. Make they yeah. were missing dunks. It was like if they could shoot the ball at all, we'd have lost by double digits. Well, like, and, and the Houston Rockets guy that we had on before the game, I was trying to be as nice, but like, I, I, like I'm glad we're not them. I literally am so glad we're not the Houston Rockets because that's a that's an uphill climb for a while, in my opinion. Are you guys of the opinion that we should? be tanking right now or we should be going for it i'm just curious i think we should tank for the next three seasons in my opinion i almost don't even care at this point because it's like even if you tank it could it could go wrong with your draft pick and if if we can win why not win but it's like i don't know that we're that good that we're even going to be able to get into the the playoffs like i think the first three games we came out on fire then we met rudy and we were super focused and had energy but these guys look so young and not in shape right now that it's going to be a long season like, i also think that the first three games is i mean most of those teams are going into each game with a game plan this jazz team no team had a game plan for us like who like how would you have a game game plan for that team so i think exactly. we just caught a few teams off guard early especially in that pelicans game we caught them off guard early then they adjusted and then they went on like 22 something run and then you know we beat them in overtime you know you kind of just make a few shots there and then it goes up up other way you miss a few shots i don't think the team is as good as it looked those first three games i think that was just kind of i don't know a, a lot of young energy coming out yeah i do I too think that at least this season we should shouldn't be winning that many i kind of want to say quietly because people get mad at me but well and then you're gonna you're gonna run into other teams that are trying to tank too so you're inevitably gonna win those games that our next three games are at denver and then (laughs) who makes a schedule two at home versus memphis why do you have well this year they're trying to create less travel days so that's that was actually on purpose this year i don't know i saw an article about that they're doing more um literally memphis on saturday and then memphis again on monday but anyways out of those three games i mean how many do we win out of those three do we beat denver again at denver no i think we lose both to denver (laughs) yeah do we lose the so do we win one uh, against memphis i think they're gonna maybe one against memphis i think memphis is a really good team yeah so the next john moran's gonna put 40 on us each night Yep, and then Dylan Brooks is coming back, so we got to deal with him too. Yeah, so the next three we could easily go zero and three, and then you've got at Dallas after that, so you could go zero and four. Luke is gonna drop fifty on us. Yeah, so that's probably nice. Here's my thing about the tanking. I'm I'm okay with being good, but I can't do another four seasons of a first round exit. Yeah, I, that's I need, that's my thing. Like if if I gotta watch some bad basketball for the next two years. So that we can go to the we can go to the conference finals, one maybe two years out of the five after that, I'll put up with that. But I I just can't do three four more years of first and second round exits. Okay, like but I could can. you do could you do this year with this group a first round exit? No, I couldn't. I no, because we gain nothing from it. <laughs> and then we, and then we pick, pick, lose its value. No, I I hundred percent agree with you. 
I saw a whole bunch of tweets because I even commented a few times about how I, I didn't really want to win this year. People were like, you really want to sacrifice the winning culture? I was like, okay, first of all, I don't really give a fuck about a winning culture if it means winning a championship. Winning culture means nothing if you're going out every year in the first round. You think the Bucks were the laughingstock of the NBA for a few years, but they sacrificed it and they won a championship. Do you think any of those fans give a fuck about those years that they were terrible? No, they care about that championship they won, what, two years ago, right? Like, you got to be bad to be good, especially in a small market. You're just not going to be, other than that, we're just going to be mediocre every year, every year, every year, just for some hand quotation marks, a winning culture. I don't care about it. I want to be good. I want to win a championship. Ryan Smith did not build this team to be mediocre. He didn't. Like, he built this team to bring a championship. And that's why he brought in Danny Ainge, because he knew the people in there weren't getting the, sh- weren't getting the job done. I also don't think Danny Ainge is going to let this team be mediocre for years to come. I think he'll do something. I think either when it comes to the trade, if we're really good, I think he actually might. I don't think some people are saying he'll let it ride. I don't think he will. I think he. He's yeah, he's like, at, he, he's he's not at the age where he's going to just let it ride. I mean, he's already he's been in Boston. He, yeah, that's not Danny Ainge's style. Yep, I agree. I mean, it sucks. I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch horrible ball. Like, I don't want to watch a game like this all season long. <laughs> no, I I, I had the same thought. If we have to watch this every night, uh, I'm gonna have to change this from a gamely podcast to a weekly podcast because it's gonna be really draining. But all I want is just to be competitive and see the guys play hard every night. Yeah, I think that that that's what was so tough tonight. Is I didn't feel like they were bringing the energy. Like they have in games past, like they were almost—it almost felt like they were mailing it in. It was weird. Well, yeah, and Coach Hardy, you could see him like, "Let's go on this." I mean, multiple times, like trying to get him to go. But that's what I'm saying. They're—they're—I don't think they're mailing in. I literally don't think they're in shape and ready for what a full NBA schedule is like. Like, how many of these guys have actually been the guy on their team? Well, and, and uh, they were talking about this on ESPN today. Um, they were talking about how they believe marketing is having so much success because he's in game shape from Euroball. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. And even Fontecchio looks like he's in game shape, too, in my opinion. He doesn't stop moving. But I, me and my grandpa always talk about, like, needing purebreds or thoroughbreds. And those are just guys that, you feel like never get tired. Donovan Mitchell, I think, was a, a purebred and thoroughbred and could just go. I, I think those guys also have maybe a screw loose as far as being so competitive that they don't let themselves get to that point. But uh, I think marketing could probably get there. Um, I think this is a great spot for marketing to develop. He's had some crazy years first years in the league with different coaches and swapping teams. Um, he had 24 points tonight. And I wanted to touch on THT a little bit because he is so hot and cold. And then he had like a, a huge throwdown. Um, and and he's, he's 21. He's the same age as Walker Kessler. So how patient do we need to be with him? Or is it just, is he ever going to get there? I'm not a fan of THT, I'm be honest with you. I think it's cool and he plays well, but I don't know. I, even when I saw with the Lakers, there'd be games where he would just try to 
it kind of Jordan Clarkson to an extent. He would just try to every drive he'd go out the rim and then he'd mess it up or he'd just ruin games. I saw it a lot last year when he was with the Lakers and I, the first two games this year when he was going in, he did not look good at all. Preseason, I don't think he looked good at all. I mean, I'm not that much of a fan to be honest with you. Yeah, it, it's. I I think the part that is intriguing or uh, makes me wonder if we should hang on to him is like Kevin said, we don't have a backup point guard and, but behind Conley, he might be the next best. <laughs> this is hard to say. Cause he, he makes some terrible decisions. I mean, it's some turnovers that are just bad. And then he almost like showboats trying to take over. I'm um, surprised he's even considered a point guard. Cause I never see him look for a pass ever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Remind me again why we cut Lee. And Butler Bowl, dude. Saban Lee. I wish we would have kept kept Saban Lee, but it's it's because it's because they're the they're just cutting the players that had the lowest contracts. If you go back and look at it, every single player that got cut, it was so they didn't have to spend as much money on the cuts. That's why. I, I get it, but man, I tell you what, like, I wish we would have signed Trent Forrest. What was Trent Forrest? He he was like. Pennies, man. What did Atlanta end up signing him for? Garbage money. Yeah, he, he would have been perfect. I know his shot wasn't the greatest, but we need someone to be able to run the team. And he would have been a young guy that would have been perfect. He played good defense. Uh, maybe he'll come back. Maybe we can uh, make a campaign for him. So here's an interesting thought. And kind of back to your pregame show, and I'm totally derailing this conversation. Just deal with it. Um, so you said earlier today about how, you know, what if Victor isn't as good as we think he's going to be. Um, I read an interesting tweet, and I wish I would have saved it because I can't find it. Um, someone, a jazz fan, talked about how he thinks that if we don't get Victor, so say like we get the number two spot, yeah, and Victor goes one, we trade out of two because Danny Ainge won't draft Scoot because he, Why? Doesn't, he doesn't fit Danny's profile. Oh, I would draft Scoot in a heart. No, yeah, I think one and two is our automatic drafts. I think but, once you get to three, then you kind of think about it. More. What are, where are you reading this? So uh, I, I need to find it. If I find it, I'll, I'll tag you in and I can't find this tweet. But he talked about when you look at the people Danny Ainge's, Danny Ainge drafted in um, in Boston, long, athletic, with good size for their position, um, and which I think you can see it right now on on what he did the trades for. You got Markinen, you got Vanderbilt, Olenek, um, who's the but, other Kessler? But Scoot, Scoot is going to be like um, what's his name in Memphis. He's an undersized guard. Oh, dude! Scoot, watching Scoot play, he he's he's good. He is freaking good. I'm not saying we should pass he's on good. him. He's very good. But and it led into and this is what I was kind of talking earlier because I forgot about this. Danny Ainge traded down to get Jason Tatum and picked up picks to pick up Brown too. Yeah, I mean he. J- Danny Ainge could definitely have a different player in mind that could be better than Scoot in the long run. I just, I, I've almost hoped that we get the second so that we don't have the pressure of 
automatically having to pick Wemby and then him being a bust because it's a lot easier to remember a first-round pick bust than it is Scoot. And I, I just think Scoot is probably he, – he's different than Wemby, but he could be just as good. Like, he he's freaking amazing. I was trying to think who did – who went before Jason Tatum? Because it was like, what, the 2018 or the 2017 draft? Bro, I can't remember. I I used to be well, on top looking, of this, but I'm yeah, I got to right Google now. it all. I I what I'm oh, gonna do? Fultz. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No wonder he freaking traded up. Um. So so everyone. Good decision, Danny. Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball. Oh, he didn't want gosh. Lonzo Ball because Lonzo. He was afraid that they wouldn't be able to sign him because his dad. Wanted him in L.A. Yeah, but and is Scoot even comparable to Lon- the? That draft class was actually bad, considering the fact that Lonzo went number two. That was just, I think it wasn't even high, that high on Lonzo. Yeah, like. Scoot is way higher up there. Scoot's going to be 20 times a player in any of those ball bowlers are. Like six or seven in this draft. He would probably go in second round. <laughs> yeah, like <way> <laughs> No, uh, but what I'm going to start doing, because. I know this draft is deep, and I've seen a few different highlights. I'm really going to start like digging into these players and the rankings and looking at highlights because I think it would help jazz fans um, as far as like you know not getting the number one or two pick, be like, okay, there's other good players. Uh, obviously, you get good picks up to 10 is what the, the guy said earlier today, but I, I think there's so many good draft picks that the jazz have had later in the first round that we need to realize one, we've got Danny Ainge and two, we don't have to get a one or two pick. Like it's not going to be a total failure. If we do, like I said earlier, you've got the Thompson brothers, which are tall and long and Danny might be eyeing one of those guys and he might be perfectly fine with like a three, four or five pick. Yeah, I, I, um, I, I did some research. He did. They didn't get Brown with the other pick. It was a guy who ended up fizzling out in the NBA. Did they um, trade for Brown? No, I have to look it up. They, they ended up Va- selecting Romeo Langford oh. with with the other pick that they got in that trade. So where did Jalen um, Brown come from then? They I swear to Jalen Brown. Yeah, I'm almost yeah. sure of it. But, not, but I, don't I thought they had a trade down. into him. I'm still. Yeah, they might have traded to get him, but I I know they drafted him. Either way, Danny Ainge made it happen. Yeah. Anyways, I, I I'm my biggest thing is the low the the lower our record is, the better draft pick we're gonna get, and the better our draft pick, the more capital and the more Danny can do what Danny does best. Yeah. Because like if we have the worst record in the league, we are guaranteed the fourth overall pick we can't we can't go higher than that right like we can fall out of the top three we could whiff on the top three but but the worst case scenario is we get the fourth overall pick i'm fine with one through six honestly i just yeah one of them and we move the fourth pick to pick something else up like like that's 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 the thing is like the better pick we get the more danny can do what danny does best yeah yeah can you guys see this tweet I sent to the thing? Um, the or picture no. of Will Hardy and oh no, that's. Do you see Danny Ainge in the background? Yeah, that's not the guy that 
wants to. He's like, what, the, what is going on, Will? <laughs> well, I've had fun with you guys. I'm extremely yep. tired. Uh, we'll do this again when Friday. You know, uh, we should, no clue. Go ahead. We should have a, a non-game podcast where we just sit and talk about the future of the Jazz and not get sidetracked with the game. Like, with just some more, like, like schedule or laid out. Like, I would love to just sit and chat with you guys, like, kind of like a cooler room mm-hmm. conversation about what the future of the Jazz is going to be, why we should do this. Like, this is what I enjoy because no one in my work even understands what the Jazz do. Yeah, like, what I what I would like to do because I've got four professional mics, make it sound really good if we're gonna do that, and all get together and like eat some food and uh, do something fun. So I'm I'm down with that. But I do not live in Utah. Oh, bro, where do you live? South Carolina. Whoa, what? I'm across the whole country. What? Why are well, you in you South Carolina? Being Car- up so late for this. Yeah, it's it's, it's midnight. It's uh, 12, I was like, I'm tired and got to go to work, but <laughs> yeah, you're two hours ahead. Yep. But were you? Did you used to live in Utah and then move to South Carolina, or no, what? My dad's from Utah. I'm from Dallas, actually. And, and you just were born into being a jazz fan. Yep. I just sadly I was born into it. My dad's Utah born and raised. So we're glad to have I'm, you, buddy. Yeah, I'm Dallas, I'm, da- I'm Dallas born and raised. I could I could have been a Luca fan, but no, I'm stuck That's here. Almost as crazy as me. I'm born and raised in Illinois uh-huh. during the Jordan era. Oh man! And I'm a jazz fan. Yeah. Are you still Are you still in Illinois? Or are you in Utah now? No, I'm in Utah now. Okay. I, I I moved there later, but like, like I would come to school with John Stockton and Carl Malone jerseys in Illinois. In Illinois. Oh my God. Yeah. Did you get picked yeah, on? Oh, absolutely. Well, <laughs> and, and, and until until the gloves came off, and then they left me alone. <laughs> Um, but like, I just love John Stockton. Like, yeah, I wanted to be him when I grew up. Like that was who I wanted to be. I mean, he was just such a good team player and I loved how he picked everybody's pocket. And I just, I, I just wanted to be him. And he was, you know, a little white guy who was playing in the NBA. That's what I wanted to be when I grew up. So that's why I named my son Stockton, bro. I know. <laughs> All right, well, I got to go to bed. Thanks for jumping on. We'll do another pregame. I, I really like getting uh, the, the opposing teams, like a different podcast. Those are fun conversations. So I'm going to. Because I can't meet up with you guys in real life doesn't mean I wouldn't want to be on a hypothetical podcast, maybe via. Yeah, we'll, we'll somehow get you in virtually. That'd be super fun. I love chatting with you guys. So, Have a good night, everyone. All right, we'll see you guys.